Friend, have you ever thought about starting a podcast? If so, Spotify's got a platform that lets you make and start a podcast so easily and then distribute it everywhere and even earn some money. It's all in one place for free. It's called Spotify for Podcasters, and here's how it works. Spotify for Podcasters lets you record and edit right from your phone or computer. So no matter what your setup is like, you can start creating today. And then you can distribute it wherever podcasts are heard. Even video podcasts are available on Spotify. With Spotify for Podcasters, you can earn money in a variety of ways, including ads and podcast subscriptions. But best of all, it's totally free and there's no catch. Ever since we've been using Spotify for Podcasters at A Wife Like Me, we've been able to triple our reach, reaching wives across the globe. And it's so simple. Again, we do this right from our computer. And again, you can do it from your phone. Download the Spotify for Podcasters app or just go to www.spotify.com backslash podcasters. Again, www.spotify.com backslash podcasters to get started. It can start out of a place of giving because we want to honor the Lord. But if we're not careful, what creeps in is I'm doing these things really because I want to be enough. Hey, everyone. Welcome back. (laughs) We're already (laughs) laughing and we're just looking at each other, but we're laughing. You guys, I wish you could see what and hear what we talk about before we even push record because you you know, you can just guess. We talk about all the things. It's all oh. kinds of TMI. Yep. <laughs> but so important. Like we need to talk about the real things together, you know? I want to know how your gut is functioning today. Like these are yes. things we talk about, right? Right. Hormones. You yep. name it. It's so good. Anyway, welcome back for an all new episode of the Wife Like Me podcast. I'm Amanda Davison and we are always with, mostly always, with Kelly Brinkman. Hey, Kelly. Hey. Hi. And this episode, we are diving into the fear of man. What happens when we are living out of this place, fearing man and not God, and what we'll notice in our lives and then what we can do about it. So I'm so excited. And this topic really came actually the other day I posted on social media. So if you're not following us on Wife Like Me on Instagram or Facebook, please do that. But we I posted some graphics about oh go ahead it was the first week in november if you're looking for those in their pink background and p.s i just have to say that i'm i'm strangely like feel violated i feel like you've been reading my journal so i'm so glad we're here to talk about it in front of all of our friends yes (laughs) and i would say to that why do you think i post these things because i'm either needing it living it or i'm reminding like it's creeping back into my life and i need that reminder so Hello, here with you on that. Um, But I I posted some graphics that kind of showed the symptoms of the fear of man, like what we will experience when we're living out of that place of fearing man. So maybe we should just dive into that because so I got so many messages and like, oh, this is exactly where I'm at. And so I know I'm not alone. Kelly's not alone. And so that's what we want to talk about. Because when we live out of this place of fearing man, we're living in bondage. And we're not Mm -hmm. living in the freedom that Christ died for us to experience and to live in. So it's super important 
and we're going to dive into it today. So yeah, I'm excited. Yeah. And so fear of man, you know, I have one conclusion about that, but as we unpack it, you're really saying, and we're reading this blog post by Kelly Basham as well. Yeah. And she's like, when the fear of looking silly holds you back and it's fear of man. Tell me more about that. How else would you restate that? So I love this scripture. It's Proverbs 29 verse 25. It says the fear of man lays a snare, but whoever trusts in the Lord is safe. So the fear of man, because we can think, and many of you, if you're like, I've always heard like fear the Lord, fear of the Lord um, is the beginning of wisdom and the f- fear of the Lord sounds scary. Like, I don't, am I supposed to be scared of God? Like, what is this? Fear right. is so sad because <laughs> our English language does not translate accurately the, the language that scripture was written in. And so our words, our words in our ling- English language just don't do justice what really the author is trying to get across. So the fear of man literally means an awe or in, in a, like a wonder, like maybe you could think of like a completely like overcome in like awesomeness of God. So that fear isn't a scary, scary word. It's, it's this like overcoming, like awe and wonder of God. Okay. So, but again, Proverbs 29, 25, the fear of man, not of God, the fear of man lays a snare. And the Hebrew meaning for snare is a noose, Hmm. be baited. Okay. It's to be a noose suffocates us. It restrains us. It binds us and it traps us. So the, when we fear man, when we are in awe of man, when we place man as our authority, really when we are looking to man as the ultimate say, when, we, when our affection is for man, when we are looking to people to give us something, when we are hoping that they're going to show us something, when we place man in that position and when we move out of the, place, the position of fearing God, but fearing man, then we are going to be trapped. We're going to be suffocated by this pressure because no matter how hard we try, whatever we're doing, it's never going to be enough for people. We're never going to experience what only God can give us. We're never going to receive that. So it's this cycle of really we're taking the bait of Satan that wants us to live under the authority of man. So that we are constantly, perpetually exhausting ourselves, trying to please man. That's being the fear of man. Right. And thanks for breaking that down, because I think that that can be something that's rather ambiguous or, I mean, I don't know about you, but I can nod and smile like, yeah, I get what you're saying. But to actually stop and like deconstruct it a little bit and put it in terms of like people pleasing trying to be enough, as you said, always struggling to like, feels like you're kind of climbing up a a wall of water or a wave to try to get on top of that and to be accepted. Yeah. Totally the opposite of what already, what we already experience in the Lord in that he says that we are enough. Right. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, 
when we lose sight, there's a reason scripture tells us to fix our eyes on Jesus and what he's done and who he is and what he's accomplished. It's because when we don't, when we don't fix our eyes on that, then we're looking everywhere else and we're, we're desiring to get a fix on our identity. Like this, please tell me I'm enough. Please tell me I'm I'm good enough for this friend. Please, sh- please, I want to fit in. I want to be important. I want to feel significant to you. I want my work to matter to you. I want to feel seen and known by you or by the world or whoever. It's this constant ache for a people uh, affirmation when God is saying, like, listen, I've, I've literally sent myself down from heaven in the form of Jesus, in the form of man himself, to become like you, to die for you, because I love you, because I want to be with you forever. And I want to give you the authority and the power and my presence here while you're alive on this side of the cross. It's like, no, like we're getting it mixed up when we forget that. And it only leads us and like leaves us in this place of constantly trying to prove ourselves to people or to just ourselves. Um, because we have this insecurity in us and in, in order, in, instead of looking to the cross to say, yes, that is enough. That is who I am. That is where my identity lies. We're going to look to all these other things, all these other people to, to tell us. And it's so subtle. It's not always in your face. That's why I posted on those graphics, some of the symptoms, but these are just some, um, some of the symptoms that I mentioned, the the ones that the Lord really showed me that I was like living in is kind of what you mentioned, Kelly, like that perpetual. And that's a thing too. I think at least when he spoke to me about it, he he spoke like perpetual because again, from, I think a lot of the time it's so well intended, like that it's becomes fuzzy, like so quickly. We don't even know we're living out of this place, but this perpetual, like I had this ongoing it almost became like a like a character trait I thought of mine, but it wasn't. I was living out of a, a performance based um, attitude, really. Like I, it wasn't who I was. I was trying to prove something to mm-hmm. to people, to myself as well. And so, perpetual, like ongoing, um, essentially desiring to please people to the point of people pleasing. Right? Like I'm. I'm constantly, I'm, or not maybe constantly, I'm just trying to get the approval of people. So you're, you're right. essentially like going to do whatever you need. You overcommit, you over say yes to things um, because you want them to approve of you. You want to please them. You want to make them happy. You want them to say, wow, Kelly, wow, Amanda. Oh, they're so phenomenal or whatever. Right. We want that accolade. So you'll, you'll please them and do send, you can, even sacrifice your own family, your own mental health, spiritual health, your marriage, because you want people to think something about you. That's one of them. Um, Yeah. And then performing, like putting on something as if it's like truly representative of you. You're, you're performing in a way, maybe showing up to church, showing up to that Bible study as though like there's something you've got to prove something more about yourself in order for you to believe you're, it's actually true about you. Again, mm-hmm. the cross already already defined that. Um, so that that performance, like you're you're having to add something to yourself in order to be good enough for people. Right. Um, 
and even perpetual sacrifice, perpetual service. I see this a lot in the Christian community. Again, saw it in myself. The Lord like mm-hmm. totally convicted me about this. And we can give to the point of exhaustion again of, of um, we, it's out of a good, oh, it can start out of a place of giving, serving, sacrificing because we want to honor the Lord. But if we're not careful, what creeps in is, no, I'm doing these things really, if I'm honest, because I want to be enough. So mm-hmm. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to serve, sacrifice. I'm going to do all the things, all the good things, not out of a place of abundance because the Lord has filled me and I know who he is. And I'm, I just want to love on his people because, man, he's loved on me and I'm experiencing that and it's just leaking out of me. No, it's coming from this place of like, I want to be seen as worthy by you. I want you to say things, think things about me. I want to prove to myself that I'm a good person. I want to, I'm doing this because I need to know that I'm doing good. You know, um, it's almost like there's something flawed still, even though as Christians, we're supposed to live out of our identity in Christ and know that we are made brand new. We're brand new creature creatures in Christ, brand new creation, mm-hmm. brand new. But yet we still are living as though something is flawed about us. And if there's something flawed about us, then we need to do something to make it better. And that can oftentimes be as Christian women, our, our remedy, if you will, for making us feel better is just by giving, serving. And those are all beautiful things again. um, But we have to be so careful with the root motivation behind them. Mm -hmm. I think there's two sides of, of what you're saying that it's, it's almost like standing in a field and there's a fence there. And on one side is being all of those symptoms that you talked about and trying to prove that we're enough. And on the other side of the fence is giving out of a place of abundance and a place of deep-seated joy that you can't help but to share the hope that you have and the peace that you have with others. I think over time, that fence can kind of wear down where you're maybe jumping in between both. And then it becomes pretty hard to distinguish those because some of what you're saying is, is our own efforts. And then some of what you're saying is giving because of the root of it is from God. So uh, if we toggle back and forth, we're going to kind of wear down that fence and there Mm -hmm. won't be that barrier there anymore. So Mm -hmm. for me, it's got to be that, okay, what belongs where (laughs) and Mm -hmm. where do those actions come from and then to build that fence and fences are constructed, you know, one piece at a time. And I think that's how it looks like with our relationship with the Lord and saying, how do I build that fence up again, Lord? Because I don't want to live on the side where I'm striving and I'm trying to prove that I'm enough because you already say that I am. And I don't have to do anything today to earn that. So every time I spend time with him and and pray about that and get a little bit more clarity, I feel like that's like adding one more rock, you know, to this fence. Because for me, it's that rock fence 
so that I can build it one bit at a time and distinguish those. Not that I can't visit one side because I'm human, but I do want to stay on the side where I'm firmly rooted in the Lord and that I'm giving out of a place of abundance. Does that Mm. make sense? Yeah, I love that visual. And I'm thinking as you say that, I'm thinking like, man, don't we want to stand in the Lord's yard, if you will? Like, I want to stand there. I want to stay on that side. We can still look over and see. And like, that's actually in the graphics I shared. How do we how do we get over this? How do we get past this? How do we move out of this place? One of them is literally to to look at when this comes, like you can easily right now, I'm sure if we were to ask, like, how has this looked in your life? Rebecca, Julie, Sarah, like all of us listening, it looks different, but we can probably look back and see, oh, that is, I've been doing that out of this place, right? Or I've been doing that. And we can confess that and to the Lord immediately. Like we can, we can just stop and spend time with him and man, just repent for those things. Repent that we bought the lie that we weren't good enough and that we were living out of a place of seeking man's approval. Okay. That's one. And that feels so good. Okay. I'm going to stand in your yard, your identity. I'm going to stand here now going forward. What we're going to do is we can question. So I can, like, I love that visual. Again, I can stand in the Lord's yard and I'm going to stay here. But it doesn't mean I can't see what's on what's over in the other yard. I can see then now going forward when things happen. Someone asked me, "Hey Amanda, um, can you can you um, I don't know make a meal tomorrow night for a family?" I can look at that offer. I can look at that question. I can look at that, and I'm still I'm still staying here. I can examine that and, and ask the Lord then, and, right. and and really like seek Him in that place of. Do you want me to say yes to this? Do you, what, what would this look like? What do you, are you asking me to say yes to this? Are you, know, so like I can now question each going forward and question mm-hmm. my actions. I can, if I stay rooted and that's the key, right? Like as soon as I forget where I want to stand, um, then I'm not going to do it. I'm just going to operate out of Amanda. I'm going to operate out of, oh yeah, sure. I can totally, or, um, Hey, did you blah, blah, blah. I, then I'm gone again. Right. But I want to, so I want to stay right. here and look at different things through this lens of where I'm standing. Mm -hmm. I love that. I get that too. And, and I think it's that practice of physically picking up a rock and putting it there. And that's what we're doing. When you say you stop and examine, somebody says, can you do this? You put that rock there and you go, Lord, which side is this on? Am I trying to do it to try to please her? She's somebody that I want to impress or have a closer relationship with. So I'm going to pretty well slay myself and my family in order to say yes. So you know that she kind of trips me up because I I really want to please her. Mm -hmm. So is that possible that you want me to do it? Or do you want me to wrestle with that instead? And I think closely with our identity here, you know, comes boundaries Mm -hmm. and saying those things in love. So for example, this, Hey, do you want to bring a meal can seem like a pretty simple thing, but we know that that is, um, that is out of a place of can be out of a place of trying to please. 
And so to say, hey, I'm um, not going to do that because I'm trying to please her. Yeah. I think sometimes I take the bait and you said bait earlier. I'm, I will take the bait sometimes because I want to like prove that I have a seat at the table, that I get Mm. to be here that, you know, maybe we're going to the park to play with kids or we're going to go on a, on a girl's weekend away. And so I can sometimes take the bait and bring a lot more things that are not required um, to try to prove that I should be there. So, you know, I'll bring like extra food that we're going to have and like fancy drinks or whatever to try to say, here it is. Do I get to be here? Mm. Versus people that are genuinely my friends say, girl, you come with that gum in your purse and you're good to go. Like you don't even need the gum in your purse. You just come. We'll just love on you for where, where you're at. Yeah. Because, and that's what I think we're afraid of is if we, here's the, here's the tension. If we truly live out of this place of security and abundance and our identity in Christ, if we stay firmly rooted in Christ and if staying firmly rooted in Christ meant that we would not be in bondage to pleasing people around us, then the fear is, and they might not like us. Right. They might say negative things about us. They might not feel that they want us to be there or come again to the next thing or they might actually disapprove of us and share that with other people, their disapproval to other people. So what the fear is behind us not wanting to even like, well, if I didn't bring anything to the dinner, if I just showed up as myself, I might not be enough for them. Like the reality is, is will, am I just enough for them? Just me? And if not, then their response might not be good. And what does that mean for me? And that's where I think we can get really hung up. Like we have to, we have to face that head on. If everyone around us did not like us and did not approve of us, did not say positive things about us, all of that, all of the worst case scenario, think about that. What would that be like for you? Would you still know who you are and would you still be content with that? That's the question we have to answer. Right. You know, like, because that's all that matters. And so that, and and I think, I don't know about you, Kelly, but when I think of women who I know live out of that place of, I know who I am, I know whose I am, and that is enough for me. I don't have to prove anything else to you. Those are the women I am so attracted to and right. drawn to I, because they're free. Mm-hmm. They're free. They're they're they are already enough, and they're not trying to prove anything. And right. I think I, for us, hopefully, you have someone you can think of, and maybe just let them know that today. Like thank them for that because that is something maybe you can tell them. Like I really want to grow into that. I want to live like that. I don't want to be in bondage to people and my, you know, seeking their approval. I really want to live in this place of freedom that Christ died for me to experience and to live in. Um, But it it is, there's something, there's a different, 
aroma to them. There's a different walk to them. And um, they don't have anything extra that they're trying to do. They're just who they are, knowing it's enough because Christ proved that on the cross, you know, it's refreshing. Absolutely. I can think of key people in my life who I'm attracted to because of that. But I have to tell you, I've lived in seasons where I haven't been able to think of people like that. And so if you're if you're thinking that right now, dear wife, I hear you. And to begin to pray that God would bring genuine, mature friends into your life, he will, because he's faithful. And he tells us that he gives us the desires of our heart. If we're looking to connect with a friend who will always point to us to Christ, he will give us that. And so begin praying for that. And then at the same time, begin becoming that or growing in that yourself and get through that practice of of building this wall, you know, over this subject so that you can divide things out rightly and pray for wisdom so that you know which invitation fits on which side of the fence. You know, is this, are they even asking me out of a place of trying to fulfill their own needs? Mm-hmm. Okay. Once I can discern that, then that helps me be freed up. So I know which side of the fence that is on. And I know I can take the bait sometimes for the side that is trying to strive and trying to be enough and prove that I'm enough and maybe be a little bit sparkly too. Or is that coming out of a place that I know that God wants me to serve in that way and to get no accolades for that, have no one even know that, but to do that as an expression of his love for them. It's yeah. a totally different ballgame. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Mm-hmm. Kelly Bashan, she, again, we're linking to her post because she kind of touched on this too, this last yep. week in Correct. her blog post. And, you know, she, she said, you know, let's not let the fear of, of looking silly, or I'm adding not finding approval to stop us from experiencing something new. And so that's like, I guess our challenge for you wives listening is I am challenging you. I think I'll speak for Kelly. We are challenging you to share anything that the Lord has like brought to your mind in as listening or watching to watching this, like any ways you have been like trying to seek approval from people. I want you to share that with someone safe, sister, friend, coworker, like us, um, share like this. is These are the ways I've sought approval from people. And I think mm-hmm. I'm still in that place and I don't want to be there. This is what it's looked like. Share right. that with them because there's, there's a, a level of freedom that comes when we are honest with people. We let them into our honest places and mm-hmm. it just, it's vulnerable and it builds, it builds relationship. And I know so many were talking, I think on the next episode, um, we're going to dive into friendships. It's something that we crave. We want deep, awesome friendships, but we can't get there without sharing honest things. So share it with somebody, even your husband, if you want, like, man, I've really been seeking approval in these ways. And then, uh, really like sit down, confront those with God's word open up his word and seek out scripture to Mm -hmm. realign your heart and your thoughts, write those down on sticky notes. If you need like things that you no longer want to be doing, um, his word to go 
beside that, anything you need, do whatever it takes to get yourself to remind yourself that you want to stay standing in God's yard and you want to live differently out of only a place of being in awe of God. He is your ultimate authority. He is the one that's already approved, given you his approval. Um, and now you can live out of that place. Ephesians 5, 8, for you were once in darkness, but now you're in the light of the Lord. Live as children of the light. And so we are to live differently when we know the Lord. And it can be hard to slough off those earthly ways and ways that we have learned and built deep ruts in our life. But it's possible because God says we are to live in the light. I think we're talking about fear of being judged. Kelly also talks about control and fear of losing control. And I think that's something to continue to unpack. So as you look at this, wives, I almost make two columns and I've just drawn some little circles down the middle, that little rock wall. And I've started to put some things on God's side and some things on my own side. And my own side is a long list. So we are continuing to work on that. Yes. Well, I just want to pray over you listening. Uh, Jesus, I thank you, Father, for your goodness. We thank you for your love for us. We thank you that we do not have to live in this place of insecurity. We do not have to live in a place that's not rooted, a place that feels so unstable. We do not have to live in this place of waiting and watching for people to give us the approval or disapproval. We don't have to live in the the on the shaky ground of that. We don't have to live there, Lord. We don't have to prove ourselves to people. You've already shown us your approval of us. You sent your son for us. Lord, I pray that you would strip us from any insecurities preventing us from fully living and walking in your truth. Jesus and I pray that anything that is um, attempting to put that snare around our necks and to anything that's keeping us um, hold just held back from your goodness, held back from walking in freedom, I pray that those would be removed in Jesus' name. I pray for courage to rise up in each of us to say no more, um, to again be willing to confront anything that is not of you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, thanks for being with us here today. Our final activity is to just, Amanda, I'm going to show you my list. If you want to show me yours, things you're dividing out, I think that will um, help us both as we spur each other on in faith. Yes. You want me to do that now? Is that what you're saying? Not right now. I'll give you time. I'm looking at my list ready. (laughs) I know. Same, same. Yes. Thank you, ladies, so much for being with us. Um, If you have not signed up for our free marriage resources, go to wifelikeme.com, sign up for those. Then you get on our weekly email too, which I send out every Friday. I write that on Thursdays. Every Thursday, I write it just for you and really gives a recap of everything we've done in the week as well. So wifelikeme.com for that. In every episode at the end, we do something a little different. Kelly, what's on the agenda for today? What are some? I never know what we're going to get. So, what is it today? Well, just trying to put feet to um, what Kelly was sharing in her wife step. That the next time you're worried, you look silly. um, What's that going to look like in our lives? So, 
do you, if you struggle to talk about something, do you write it out ahead of time? Do you, um, you know, put it in a list? Like I tend to do visual things. Do you kind of listen to worship music to prepare yourself? How do you get ready to talk about something that's kind of an obstacle for you? Hmm. Well, if you've been around here for a while, you know, I'm very verbal. So I typically verbally process if it's something silly or embarrassing, I always typically will verbally process it with my husband and the Lord. So I'm just like working through it out loud. That's what that looks like for me. I'm just very verbal to a fault. Maybe, (laughs) you know, that's me. I don't know. What do you do? Yeah. I tend to get quiet about it and sit with the Lord about it for a while and then I'll journal it or do some drawings about it and think about it so that I'm coming, that I'm trying to deal with it with the Lord first. And then when it gets to the point where I talk to Mark about it, I'll talk about, hey, this is how I'm feeling about this. I know it could be totally out of left field, but if I talk about here's my feelings, then I can begin to put those in alignment with God's truth. So wise. So, I'd be like mm-hmm. you, Kelly. <laughs> oh, trying, girl. Every day, work in progress. Oh, I love it. Yeah. We love you. We love you, ladies. Thank you so much for being with us today. Whatever you're doing, folding laundry, driving to work, at work, taking care of those kiddos, going for a run, whatever that looks like. We love you. And thank you so much for being here. We will be back next week for an all new episode of the Wife Like Me podcast. See you later.